Fire you know what really gets it going is just a, a scoop of super jacked up uh, pre-workout right on an empty belly first thing in the morning. Yeah. Nothing nothing awakens the echoes. There's no way I that mean, thing even me, it's slows down. Like second sip of coffee and I'm ready to go. But for whatever reason, that sounds a lot more pleasant today than the crampy violence that I deal with on a on a day in day out basis. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast. This is mildly legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet, www.thewheelroute.com. Send us emails, wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. Get the show, Apple Podcasts, Google Pods, Center, Spotify, Stitcher, all of the above. We're out there. We're also on Instagram at Wheel Route Podcast. The DMs are open. They always are. My name is Logan Whitehouse. I am on Twitter at LogOnTheDawn. If you want to see things that I occasionally like and or maybe, you know, sometimes I retweet. I tweeted a couple months ago, you know, so things things happen. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm coming to you guys from Stewart, Florida. Uh, it rained again here today. So um, things are looking lush. I did spray my lawn last weekend, though, so we are looking verdant. It's beautiful out here. Um, ideal growing conditions, if you know what I'm saying. So, uh, yeah. We are happy to be here. Who else is here? My name is Jordan Shank. I am in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where it remains autumn and chilly and crisp. We had a, our first or one of our first frost advisories slash warnings. Um, great sleeping weather. Tell you what. Um, I'm jealous. I'm on Twitter.com at Shank Jordan. I, I'd still lurk there. Um, yeah, guys, this is not to rub salt in the wound of our third co-host, but been watching some playoff baseball lately, and I would submit that there is nothing quite like the crowd pop of a home baseball crowd during the playoffs. I don't think anything in sports quite. I don't like. There, I don't think it's anything has that that high impact moment. You could make an argument for uh, like a, a hockey goal in overtime in the playoffs, but they that's drowned out a little bit by the horn. Um, yeah. But I don't think I don't think any other sport has like the singular moment as regularly as yeah a baseball home run in the playoffs. Was it just because there's not as much scoring in soccer? Like you yeah. can't tell me that well, like I a, think there's a Champions like, League final scoring goal isn't going to pop too. It's, right? it's a different sound. It's it's well, hard I think to there's baseball has very unique sounds. Baseball like it helps in, that yeah. In soccer and in football, there's build up of like oh we see it developing yeah. and then when it oh, okay. like comes to a peak, so it's more of a gradual. But like the the Braves Phillies game the other night that Atlanta won on a game ending double play. Yeah. Which was an incredible play. Had two distinct like <laughs> peaks. Yeah, gotcha. the double, the double was, pop, the vaunted yeah, double it, pop. It was one of the most incredible yeah. endings to a baseball game I've seen. And as as we're recording this, the Phillies are kind of beating the hell out of the Braves. And oh yeah, Bryce Harper absolutely tanked one into right field mm-hmm. to open or to make it four one, and that was a stellar baseball crowd pop. So, I, mm-hmm. I I'm on board with this theory, Jordan. I think you're on the right track. Is what I wanted to say. Speaking of, my name is Jason Crack. Speaking of things I want to say. And I also am in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's fall golf season. I uh, I reversed the fan on the, the bedroom fan the other day. Big moment in the year. Pulling that air off me. Um, so, you know, significant, I think. Uh, and then we're, not, we're also not talking about playoff baseball until the next episode. That's when I'll be recovered enough. It'll be fine. Fair enough. I see yeah. you. You shaved your playoff beard and uh, went out for the fallen O's. So yep. the, the baby birds are into the off season. Looking, you're yeah. looking sleek for the cold weather. Are the cheeks yeah. doing okay out there in the conditions? So far, so good. Uh, I think I, I'm easing them into the winter just so I can't have too much blush too early. That's not fair to everybody else. So understood. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. What are we drinking tonight, boys? 
Uh, it's a bye week for the Who's, so I've got a bye week beer. It's a Miller Lite. Oh, bye oh. week beers. Love, Love it. that. Uh, I have a Bell's Two Hearted IPA. Very those good. Are great. Those are very yeah. good. It's I, a great beer. I had a couple of those with my friend Patrick the other day. Shout out. The Bell. The Bell's Winter Ale is one I really enjoy. As mm. well. It's uh, it. It lives up to its name. I can't drink it too early in the beer in the in the beer in the year, because um, it yeah it'll it'll put some hair in your chest. But also a good beer. Bell's free ads. Good for, good for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am drinking a Hopwell Hoppy Sparkler. It's uh, bubbly water with hops in it. It's actually pretty good. Oh, it's just bubbly water with some hops. Yes, zero <laughs> zero alcohol, but has kind of a, a beer a beer kick to it. I mean, listen. I'm not going to be bouncing my grandkid on my knee telling him telling him about the, uh, the the Port City Brewing Hoppy Sparklers, but you know, it does the trick. But you could offer a Hoppy Sparkler to my grandson. To grandkid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I did go. You guys would be happy to know I was in Tampa um, on Monday evening and yesterday for a little little we're, work jaunt. We're always happy to know you're in Tampa. Yeah. But... Yes, little work jaunt, um, and I. Uh, did get to visit the Cigar City Brewery, so I made it. I saw where the where the highlights come from. It was, it was pretty good, good spot. The mecca. There's, they have a lot more seasonals and especially beers on tap than than their uh, normal Publix array would indicate, which was that nice. I like I like that. Yeah. They have a very good brown ale. Shout out to them, the Maduro brown well, ale. If you ever see it, you around, gotta respect really, keeping some in the holster. It's really good. Absolutely. Okay. Um, you guys got anything you know you need to get off your chests sports wise? I know we're not talking baseball, Jason, um, for for at least another couple of days. I might just do. I'll just send Jordan the file, and I'll just do a solo TED talk for a couple hours and just spare you. A couple hours. I will say the the thudding finality of just like a baseball series is tough. Like yeah. it hits pretty hard, and it just it's, kind of it's it's a helpless feeling. It's it's very interesting, like yeah. because it's a it's a series, right? Like, and it's yeah. baseball, like anything can happen, but also like it still is a series. But um, yeah. So anyhow, it's even more thudding when us. the, the three run home run comes in like the top of the third, and that's that. And you're like, oh, cool. This will be a fun hour and a half of watching baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I love baseball. I love um, baseball. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, college football. We're in the thick, the thick of the season. It's bye week season. Things are happening. The Who's are on a bye this week. It's probably for the best for all involved. Um, <laughs> very, very happy for you guys. It's stress free Saturday. Jason, you'll be happy to know that um, during uh, Jordan's fall uh, pilgrimage to South Florida, we have ascertained that the Who's are at Miami the weekend he's in town. So yes. There's a there's a non-zero chance that we may. We may pay a pilgrimage to the hard for this isn't for the this isn't the first time this has happened, right? Or was that a was that a bowl game you guys went to? We, well, we went to the Orange Bowl. We yeah, went to okay. the Orange Bowl. I've been to the UVA Miami game um, because it's it's often like on a Thursday or a Friday, yeah. or it has been when they played down here. Um, I think I saw a Bryce Perkins game that was like the final score is like thirteen to seven or thirteen to ten. When, when Doctor Bob did some of his worst yes it was painted his picture yes like that game lives rent free in my mind we had great seats sitting down low like just had just a great view of some some like beyond billy napier level uh red zone efficiency squandering (laughs) so it was you know not to say that (laughs) that this year's version is exactly just slanging that thing in the end zone but you know we'll uh yeah, so anyhow, we'll we'll see. Well, we're, we're, I, we're I hope that works out. If you if you guys wanted to, I hope it works out. It sounds delightful. Well, you know, we can sometimes. This it's going to depend on a lot of different factors. That's right. perfectly real. That can be a, a week game also. time decision. Oh, it's cocktail party weekend, also. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that, there's a factor. So better head south. Yeah. Better head north to. Do Maybe more. we get club little club level seats and watch the cocktail party at the hard. It also depends what time the game is, you know. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of, like you said, a lot, lot of, lot of variables. It's a game week decision. Factors. It's kind of one of those things like we should eventually probably go because it's not like UVA, like if it ever actually lines up, we should probably make it happen. But also, it's a tough weekend to give up other like important games. But I'm not excited, like super stoked for like four and three Florida, you know, taking on the Georgia juggernaut. Like that's not exactly a, a fun one time. of these years. That game will fall on a bad weekend of 
mm-hmm. the rest of the country's schedule. And it won't. It won't be the bad game on a good weekend. It'll be just a, one of the bad games on the bad yeah. weekend. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But you never know. Miami could be. If Miami goes on a little bit of a skid, things get a little squeaky. The who's could awaken the echoes of the forty-eight to nothing drubbing that shut down the Orange Bowl, which, which was insane. So, okay. Um, I'm good on the coaching carousel for now. It's been a little quiet. I'll be honest. I feel it like the, the rumblings have been quiet. I don't know if that's a, maybe that's I, I would imagine things. Well, might pick, I thought pick about this here. after we recorded on Sunday, like I don't remember a season in several years where we went into it, not really having any clear high profile hot seat candidates. Right. Um, so it's kind of been like, unless you really step in it, you're you're not going to be under the gun by week seven. Yeah. Least. And we, I mean, we certainly like say this and then, you know, all hell could break loose, right? Lincoln Riley could go to the NFL. Uh, Michigan State's already open. You know, something Ryan Day could get fed up with his, you know, the, the, the people calling him soft and go coach the Bears. You know, there's always like Lane just, Kiffin's always down to be yeah, in the Lane, Lane Kiffin, Jim Harbaugh. Like things can, the snowball can get rolling pretty quickly depending on what happens at the end of the year. So we don't, uh, we don't need to fret about it. But, uh, yeah, I think we also just kind of are almost in like an off year. It seems like there was a lot of movement in the last two years, and people are probably still in their grace period, for better or worse. So, um, yeah. all right. Well, let's talk some ball. Might we have well. we have Pickville features five pretty solid games, and then there is not a whole lot else on the slate this weekend. So um, we'll be able to, to, to pay attention. Shout out to Jordan for uh, for guiding us home. Really putting together an amuse bouche of tight lines. Yeah. Right. The, the tasting menu really stands out this week. Uh, we'll start in Columbia, South Carolina, where the, the Sleepy Boy Gators will be heading into uh, what? The Sandstorm, if you will. And uh, William Bryce. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, there was an article that, that Billy Napier's really got the team focusing on a good night of sleep on Wednesday night. Apparently, that's the key to victory. Um, Really scraping the bottom of the barrel for content there. If that's how are they monitoring this? Great question. Maybe they have whoops. Have we outfitted? I was gonna say there's whoops. There's there's the ring. Yeah. That some people wear the Kuoro ring or something. I think we've all yeah, seen I'm, billions. I'm not wealthy or... enough to be able to pronounce it. <laughs> that's right. It's a good ZJ situation. You can't afford it. <laughs> but anyhow, I uh, um. It, I, I, I'm not like overly excited for this game. I am just co- constantly curious what Florida looks like when they go on the road. That's really the thing I'll keep an eye on. Florida's defense has been pretty good this year. South Carolina has been like really choppy. Their offensive line isn't very good. Two not great offensive lines going against each other in this game. Um, two interesting quarterbacks. Uh, Graham Mertz is completing 80% of his passes, which is crazy, but he is also like air yards on those passes have to be like, Six at most. So I was watching the App State game last night, and they showed a graphic of a quarterback, not Graham Mertz, who they listed as the number one completion percentage in college football at 80%. Would you guys like to take a guess? I know who it is, so I can't say. But What was the criteria again? Highest completion percentage in the country. Not named Graham Mertz. Not Graham Mertz. 80%. I feel like yeah, I, I feel like I saw this recently, but I don't remember who it was. He's a legend. He's been around for a while. In a lot of ways. Oh, is it the is it the old Slovis boy? No, no, no. it's not. It is Bo Nix. Oh. <laughs> Just that. as we all had foretold, leading the nation yeah. in completion percentage. Yeah, yeah. they've probably only played six home games so far this year. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, but yeah, I mean, well. We'll see how it goes. I, uh, I think it would appear that Billy Napier is aware that the team has had some problems on the road. Maybe that's why they're working on their sleep habits or something like that. <laughs> but um, I don't think this is a noon game. I think this is a three thirty game. Three thirty on SEC Network. There you go. So hopefully they can uh, get it jumping before uh, it's not going to be a sleepy start or brunch kick or anything weird. So. Shouts out to all those undergrad managers that have to go around to all the apartments and dorms and make sure everybody's in the dorm. For 
bed chicks. Oh, that's how they do it. They literally just send the twenty-year-olds around. Yeah, for the first week in the year. I could see like a strength coach having like a sleep PR board, and he's like tracking who's got the best recovery score. You know, you can you can really you can talk these kids into anything if you make. If we're gonna question if we're gonna question commitment based on urine color, I think we can question commitment based on sleep. Yeah. Based on a, a infrared uh, monitoring of your heart rate, and it's a very dubious uh, <laughs> data point. These night vision cameras will be installed in all of your bedroom. Um, I was at Michigan. Uh, so it's not Michigan. That would be worse. Uh, I was at Wisconsin, and uh, I only put this on here because, like, for better or worse, this is probably the best two teams in the Big Ten West the last year of the Big Ten West. Uh, so, you know, congrats to the Big Ten West on their great success. Um, it would be maybe good to just keep an eye on how this goes. I, uh, I was I was behind. I was behind in the race to twenty five, right? Very much so. They're not going to yeah. make it. They're not going to make it. <laughs> I mean, I, unless they play, I come unglued and score like forty one on LSU, and I think they're only like four points down right now. But I, I also share your pessimism. I think it's four points down on average for the rest yeah. of the games, though. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. I, so I think they need to they need like to make 21. up like they need to make up like like. And good luck 30, doing that 30, against the 30 points. Yeah, yeah they, need, they need to average like 30 the rest of the way. Exactly. Dick Bennett's got the boys out there covering covering ground. Uh, the pack line is moving around. Uh, Wisconsin, I have Have you guys seen Wisconsin yet this year? I have yet to see um, Longo, They're Wisconsin. They're yeah. more fun than they have been. Well, I would hope so. They had Graham Mertz <laughs> and were, and that dingbat coach that like only ran the ball and did Graham Mertz interception plays. Yeah, but he had that one week where he was the Heisman front runner. Oh. Remember that magical week one? <laughs> Billy does. That's 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 the tape that sold him, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Brought him to Gainesville. I know that's inside uh, of you somewhere. Um I'm very curious, just just to make it back to just bring it back to Florida real quick to see if if this um DJ Lagway character that Florida is bringing in next year that's like five star quarterback that's gonna be like potential you know program altering qb got to keep him in the fold i get it um if we have like a kelly bryant uh trevor lawrence situation on our hands with graham mertz so mertz will be eligible again next year yeah i think he's only a redshirt junior or something i mean i doubt i doubt he's really going to be testing the draft waters unless things really start start popping off for him here. But, well, they're I not mean, letting I, him throw deep, so he's not going to have that on. Too. You know, and it's not for lack of trying. I think they attempt to dial it up, and to his credit, he probably has flashbacks every time he threw deep in Wisconsin. It was intercepted, so he maybe doesn't want to do that. And, and if the dudes aren't open, then don't throw the ball. I mean, that, shout out James, James Franklin. Franklin. Shout out James that. Franklin. <laughs> Jason, do you see that? James Franklin clip from this week? Oh, coming at the – yeah. I like. I almost sort of understood where the the question asker was coming from, but uh, I think so. But the question asker went on for it. so long about like just yeah, like basically like, like he do, tried you, to, do you ever just call a go but, on the sideline and like see what happens? Yeah. Like that you could ask that in in five seconds and not be like you know man like yeah. do you ever just tell him just to just to throw it like just go deep was, just line them up run a it post was a, just it was a fascinating shot, combination worry about of what like. Happens. It was a fascinating combination of like repeatedly saying the name of the routes just to like prove he had knowledge of the Big routes and the players, yeah. and also also the occasional dropping of like just fling it sometimes and just like okay, I don't even like I think he was trying to say like do you ever like do that just to show you have it in the bag and like okay I can kind of see where you're coming from with that but uh, zero points for execution and he yeah probably got I, nervous talking to a celebrity I get it it happens to it. the best of us. I feel like Franklin kind of fumbled a little bit. Like he attempted to fry the guy, but like I think he could have done a better job frying the guy. He, he like, very much could have. He, I think he the, the, the better move desperate. just would the better move would have just been to be like, no, no, yeah. I have never considered he, that one time. He seemed seemed a little desperate. It was not his best. Yes. No. Right. Next question. It's okay. Well, uh, it's they're they're not quite in midseason form yet. Low, much like low the, marks on both sides. Absolutely. All I right. Did see while we're on that team, please. Uh, they have i think by the data the least explosive offense in the country well that makes me feel better about some things that guy probably could have involved that in his question i don't know 
Maybe that well, was... He was probably piggybacking off of something <clears throat> similarly. We didn't, we didn't see the whole context. That's fair. I, I do think it's interesting that people just, like, people, you know... I, I, I think there's a difference between pointing out, like, Florida doesn't have a very good vertical passing game, or Penn State doesn't have a very... Like, you can't just call the play... And, and it'll work. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's yeah. a reason they don't have that. It's because the guys right. aren't open. Like, the quarterback is not going to just, you know, you can't just just run the touchdown play, right? right. Otherwise, we would always run the touchdown play. So, I mean, it, it's like, you know, come on. Oh, you say that, but Ohio State does its best to. Well, yeah. And Lane. Lane Lane seems but to no, have a touchdown. But, uh, that's very correct. It's not like, like if you're, like, average completion yardage is not very long. It's Probably not because the coaches don't want it to be long. Like I am going to guess that most Division One head coaches would gladly take a higher completion yards. Right. Well, and and like also, if your quarterback is just under siege and can't camp out for four seconds and let guys get open downfield, then that's going to play to it too. And I I think Penn State's had some choppy offensive line play so far this year, which has probably contributed to the unexplosiveness uh, of their offense and to I think the point that's contributed very much to Florida's unexplosiveness on, on offense. It's just, you know, quarterback is kind of like going through it pretty quickly. Um, and Ricky Pearsall, Ricky slick, slick Rick just can't get wide open down there anymore. You know? All right. Um, Auburn is at LSU. LSU's defense is terrible. Auburn seems to be weird enough to figure some things out. This is a home game First for LSU. Team? LSU's offense is awesome. Um, Jane Daniels is really good, but uh, I don't know. I'll check in on this one just to see if it's Auburn Jesus is uh, making a, a trip to the Bayou. Yeah, I don't know if Auburn's offense is built correctly to take advantage <laughs> of LSU's bad defense. Hmm. What do you I think, think LSU's bad defense gets feasted on by like really like organized attacks or? Like you thought, well, I think you thought like, Connor Cook and Missouri were really they were they scored forty points on that LSU defense just because they were like awesome scheme. I think there was some scheme. There was also like Missouri's receivers were just making some great catches. Yeah, during they have game. very good. They have very good receivers. Um, Auburn, I think, thrives on chaos. Yes, on offense and some disorganization. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's almost like two negatives kind of cancel each other out. Where, if if Auburn doesn't know what they're doing on offense, then LSU doesn't really need to worry about <laughs> real, knowing n- what they're Never doing. let them know. Never let them know yeah. your next move situation. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, Auburn just is actively playing three quarterbacks, like in one of the most sicko rotations I've I've seen since Steve Spurrier was prowling the sidelines in the visor. So, yeah, I mean, you're probably right, Jordan, to an extent. And LSU seemed to kind of like catch on to Missouri in the second half of the game last week when they, they made some their, adjustments mounted their comeback. Uh, if Daniels is like still struggling with some rib injury, um, I think a, a probably an, a, an aggressive and fast Auburn defense could give them some problems. Um, especially God knows, God knows Daniels will just get like absolutely waxed once or twice in this game. Cause he loves nothing more than just getting into car accidents on the field. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just like, I think I always like just think that Auburn is going to pull one of these out and this might not be the year for it, but LSU also has been tempting fate a little bit with their commitment to giving up so many points on a week in week out basis. (laughs) I think my prediction for how this plays out is LSU wins. People come away from the game and they say, Oh, maybe LSU's defense is making some strides. Mm. And I think that's more on Auburn's, Offensive yeah, ineptitude. That's, that's, Robbie Ash- that's Robbie Ashford and Peyton Thorne's fault, right? Yeah, there's a little fool's gold will be sprinkled about uh, LSU's defense after mm. this weekend, is my prediction. Nick Marshall. Nick Rat poison. The rat poison will be abounding for LSU's defense. They play, Do, Alabama uh, next, they play Alabama next week? LSU? I think they might. I hope so. Check. Do you guys know what the line is on this game? Uh, I would say LSU minus five and a half. Three and a half? 11. Wow. Okay. Not a lot of faith. It's a big line. I feel like Auburn put up a better fight recently against Georgia than. That was a home game. That was home Peyton Thorne. And Robbie Ashford and whoever the other guy is. Um, (laughs) LSU plays Army 
next week, and then they get a bye week, and then they go to Alabama. Alabama. They're bye before Alabama. Okay. So they play Alabama. This seems seems like it could be interesting. I'm always down to watch a home game in Baton Rouge at night. It's just fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, All right. And then, oh, speaking of Missouri, Missouri is at Kentucky. And SEC East, just a battle of two SEC East Titans here. Um, yeah, two contenders. Absolute contenders. Uh, I think maybe this this is coming back into the scope of teams that Kentucky probably will be able to put their hands on um, and beat. Uh, but we'll see. They they got to move. They got to move the ball, and their quarterback is not good. It's true. That's just a shame. The- the, they might have a better chance of doing that against Missouri based on what LSU is. Correct. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. Um, LSU eventually kind of got it jumping a little bit. But uh, did you guys catch any of the uh, Stoops um, presser today? I saw a, a quote on the ESPN homepage. Didn't look further into it. Was yeah, the, I mean. The, the presser about Georgia buying players? Well, I mean, he—that's what he said. Yes, okay. and and Kirby responded and and didn't really like. Was kind of just like, "Yep, we're all uh, just trying to trying to fight over the same players and you know do the, the best well, we like, can do." I mean, it was it was an interesting it was an interesting quote, and like I think he's telling the truth because I think, I mean, it's maybe like borrowing a little bit of Bud Elliott's take here, but I think he absolutely has Kentucky maxed out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, there's a there's a talent cap um it's it's an interesting like and there's so much still up in the air about nil stuff but it's been interesting to watch coaches go straight from you know it used to be you could basically say whatever you want and like oh there's some shady stuff going on that's why we're not getting players but like now it's all out in the open and i forget who was tweeting about it but now it's very easy for coaches to just put it on fans and be like well you guys aren't giving us enough money to pay these players enough it's just like Ah, like I get that that's technically true, but that's a super gross way to go about it, dude. Who's making eight point two million dollars at Kentucky? So I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a very like it's a weird dichotomy with him, right? Because like yeah. on one hand, you could be the the guy that's like, well, he's making eight point two million dollars to coach Kentucky. That's like fifth or sixth best in the entire FBS. Yeah. Um, you know, why don't they aspire to be? national champions and it's like well i don't think the guy is out here saying that he doesn't aspire to be the national champion but i do think yeah. that like kentucky has it's in kentucky and it it has to deal with a lot of other sec legacy programs that are fighting for the same talent that are just in better location than kentucky tennessee deals with this sometimes too i think tennessee um the state of tennessee and the state of arkansas have like much more lenient NIL rules right now. So I think the schools can actually negotiate NIL on behalf of the players. Um, whereas in most other States, that's not the case. Um, so I think that's helped Tennessee out and, and that's why Arkansas gets so many transfers. You'll, you'll notice that as well. Um, but you know, I think it's his, he's not like, it's one of those things like he's not wrong, but also like, you know, kind of like not uh, not a great ally uh, <laughs> when, when the worst guy, you know, is making a great point kind of situation. Right. Um, but it is one of those things where, like, it, it, he, I think it was also in response, Jason, to a little bit of uh, there was it was like at his coach's show at the you know local diner or whatever, and I think a fan was asking him, you know, basically about his record against teams that ended up finishing the year with over 500 record um, in the SEC, which is not good. Which is not good, but I mean, I, I would say that. Do you think like like most coaches that? Nick Saban, Kirby Smart's records probably like aren't awesome either in that situation. But no, I would agree. I I just think it's like so it speaks to the question to ask at this point of like the team that has been consistent but is not in the upper tier yet. Right. Like that's that's kind of all the unclaimed territory they have left to take another leap. And if it's like do that, then you're I think like practically speaking. I don't think Kentucky could consistently rely on making that leap. Yeah. Because just because like, I don't think they're going to be able to get the quality of player at all levels that requires them to be able to compete with, you know, I mean, it's, it's been a good run against Florida, right? Like we can make the jokes. They've like, they've had Florida like figured out the last few years. Sure. Um, 
You make like, the joke more than we do, just so we're clear. Oh no, sure, but it's I mean it's well it's true they've won the games, but yeah. I, I think like Florida has also been like noticeably going through it in a big way, um, and Kentucky is as good as they've ever been, right? <laughs> like yeah. that that's the difference right there. Um, and you know these it's not like these games are like absolute like manhandlings, although sometimes they feel that way. So yeah, I I think this sort of touches on weird what we were talking about last week when it's like. You know, it sort of sucks for Kentucky because they're really good, but they're like super, they're they're zero sugar Georgia, right? And if you want to be able to compete with Georgia, like, unfortunately, that is a talent acquisition situation, not a X's and O's situation, especially how acquisition Kentucky, and retention. Yeah. Well, yes. But especially given how Kentucky wants to approach the game. So anyhow, this has been a weird review for Kentucky and, and Missouri, but um, interesting game. It's at home. It's 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 in Kroger Field. It's at night. What is Jason? Do you have or anybody? Do you guys know the line in this one? Did we say it? One moment. I don't know. I would imagine Kentucky is a, a couple points favorite. Two point five. Hmm. Ooh, a lot of respect for Mizzou. Mm-hmm. Well, and Georgia might beat Kentucky twice. Oh, classic. Or, my, a, or they, let Georgia beat them. they might have let Georgia beat them twice in one 60-minute span so that they didn't beat them twice in two weeks. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> they just took two L's on the same Saturday. The galaxy yeah. brain butt-whooping. We're immune from it next yeah. weekend. That that's one guy I'm on saying. the Twitter account was impressed that Kentucky was still playing hard when they were down like, you know, 31 to seven in the third quarter. Yeah. Like, man, you really got to hit it. Kentucky. They're coming out here. They're really hitting like, okay. It's a sign of a well-coached team. Um, Jason, the Dukes are back on the green turf at uh, old Bridgeport yes, Stadium. <laughs> it is green, right? It is green, yes. Okay. I was like, the Dukes don't have like purple and gold turf or something yeah. gaudy and garish. Tragically. Um, Georgia Southern, the original Adrian Petersons come to town. Right. How are we feeling? What are the vibes like? Jamie's getting a lot of love, you know? Yeah. The BCS getting a lot of love this game. Say what? Said they're favored in this game. I believe they are favored. Um, games at noon on. Uh, on the Deuce, a um, lot of lot of national television for the Dukes recently. Um, like six, I think it's going to be six of the first seven weeks because we're on ESPN next week for Marshall as well. Um, Is that a weeknight so, game? Yeah, that's Thursday night in Huntington. Sick. Yeah, but um, it'll be very interesting uh, for a couple of reasons. First. Uh, so Jamie's five and zero. Jamie was five and zero last year to start the year, and jumped into jump uh, was ranked number twenty five in the country, and everybody was very happy, as well they should be. Our first year we got nationally ranked, right? And then we went to Georgia Southern, and they scored like nine thousand points on us and threw for six hundred yards, and we oh, still yeah, like was, we lost. That was by, like, like really weird, right? It seems like yeah. almost out of character that it happened. Character, yeah. It was it was strange, and and Todd Santeo, our quarterback last year, got hurt, and. It was all a mess, um, but so this year we're five and zero, and Georgia Southern is coming here to play us. And uh, Georgia Southern throws the ball around the yard. Um, they they pass a lot, uh, which will be very interesting as we are. Um, we have occasionally given up large pass plays. Uh, I'll say that. Anthony Calandria. So I'm saying that door. <laughs> he put the blueprint together. Yep, and so. Um, we still are outstanding at rush defense, uh, but there are pass defense rushing, questions he's, asked. He's been at rushing the pass there too, but it would appear the secondary has yeah. got some wobble. Yeah, so it'll depend, it'll depend if, you know, it's it's the same as it has been for the last five weeks. If the pass rush can get home or at least make whoever Georgia Southern's quarterback is this year uncomfortable, then it, it becomes very interesting. But uh, if he has a lot of time back there, I have no idea how we – slow them down um and i don't think jmu jmu is a good offense i think it's average we're averaging more than 400 yards but it's you know i don't think i don't think a track meet is uh the ideal scenario for this edition of the jmu team so hmm. 
supposed to be a little does, rainy. People, people are asking, does JMU, does JMU have a Georgia Southern problem? You know, that, I, the <laughs> the whispers are getting louder. If the corners, the corners of the inter, the internet are yeah. uh, are, are shouting yeah. practically. Yeah, you're not wrong. Behind, you're not wrong. behind locked gates. Yes. Well, obviously. <laughs> From inside of locked gates, rather. But it'll be it'll be a very interesting game. Um, cool. A lot of a lot of strength on strength, weakness on weakness. So. Should be fun at noon, ESPN two. Did I see there was a matchup of like uh, the hundred and twelfth ranked pass, like offense against the hundred and twelfth ranked pass defense or something? There was like one of those matchups this weekend. It was a random game. I'll, I'll look it up and find it. But it was. Oh, I thought you meant this one. I was like, I, no, 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 somebody no. has to win. Yeah, it was like that. We're gonna I see feel. something's gonna break loose on this one. So, um, anyhow, all right. Any other games jump out to you, Jordan? Before we before you take us to Pickville. Yeah, before we go to Pickville, uh, for those of you listeners, co-hosts, other uh, viewers of college football, if you're into, you know, if you got the four-wide option on YouTube TV available, if you've got multiple screens, um, some of the ones that caught my eye, Tulane is at Memphis tomorrow night. That is Friday night. That's usually always kind of a spirited uh, occasion. Stanford is also at Colorado on Friday night. Um, so if you want you want to make a late night out of it, that is also an option. It looks like tickets are selling for as low as $107 for unranked Stanford to come into Boulder. Good um, Lord. Wow. Man, what a world. Yeah. Uh, some on the Saturday slate that I, I may take a peek at. Uh, Syracuse is at Florida State. That could get interesting just because Florida State um, sometimes allows teams to keep it interesting. Um, you know, I saw that too. I, I thought I thought about Kansas that. is at Oklahoma State. Ooh, I think that one that could, get could be potentially fun. It should be a physical one. Oklahoma State looked much better after their bye week last week against Kansas State. Um, the Wake bean, Forest is the bean man Virginia is flinging Tech. it though. The bean man is flinging it. Wake Forest is at Virginia Tech. This is the uh, Frank Beamer zero, celebration zero. of zero, zero zero bowl memorial race for the cure game. Um, and I think a Wyoming at Air Force at 7 p.m. CBS Sports Network. That's that's two of the two of the best non-power five schools in the country right there. Could also be worth. Yes. My balls. Wyoming's getting some like uh New Year's six buzz. Yeah. The Cowboys. Took care of Fresno State. I feel West. like they're like uh, a little like diet Utah. Like they just they're just they just seem rugged elevation. Just they they drag you into the trap. They bring it they load you into the torture chamber and just yep. like <laughs> let the rattlesnakes get you. <laughs> That's right. All right. Uh I think we can go to Pickville now. Yes, love it. Love um, all these games. Love home favorites. This is awesome. The only other one I might point out before we get to Pickville, NC State is at Duke. I think mm-hmm. this will be the first time we see Duke without mm-hmm. right. uh, Riley Leonard at quarterback. Um, so maybe a chance for NC State to to get the season on a it's like a night track, a night game, night game. Wallace Wade, yeah, M- MJ Morris, oh. eight p.m. at Rockus Wallace Wade. <laughs> That's right. All right, let's go to Pickville once and for all. We've got five games. We are picking them against the spread. Four of them are ranked on ranked. One of them is not, but it's close. Uh, We're going to start at 3.30. Jason's going to give us the first pick. We've got a top 10 matchup. The Oregon Ducks are taking on the Washington Huskies. The home Huskies are favored by three. And our sweet boy Michael Penix Jr. Let's hear it, Jason. I'm I'm torqued for this game, BTW. First of all, this game is yes. gonna be awesome. Uh, very excited. Um, guys, that is a very frustrating line. I really wish it was the other direction. That would make it easy. A couple of even teams is what it looks like. That's what Vegas That's says. That's what it's saying. Um, I desperately want to take Washington. Um, to be on the side of Mr. Phoenix Jr. 
but I don't like Washington's rush defense against that Oregon attack. Um, I didn't. I realized that after you said that might have been the super imbalanced one that you were talking about, Logan. But it's Oregon is top couple in the country at rushing attack, and Washington is near the bottom of rushing defense. Um, and for two teams that are this even, I feel like that's probably a, enough of a difference maker. Um, so I there's even you know like a ten percent emotional hedge here because I'll probably be rooting for Washington, but um, I'm going to take. I'm going to take the Ducks. Yeah, I'm going to take Oregon as well. Uh, the rush defense on Washington's side jumps, pops even, off of the advanced stats preview from our friend Parker Fleming. Um, and Oregon's got a really good offensive rushing attack. Um, Washington also not great third and fourth down which is interesting, but if you're making money on first and second down, then you don't necessarily always need to be awesome on third and fourth. Um, so, yeah, Washington's favored by three or, yeah, three. Uh, Stats of Wars preview has Oregon projected to win this by seven. Um, so I will take the Ducks. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and just – kiss of death the duck the ducks here and uh and and double down triple down even on the ducks the first um, significant the, test of the consensus the, yeah break. but it will be road bow nicks so mm. that's true uh yeah no the game on paper uh advanced stats preview for this one a lot of green on the screen for both teams both these yep. teams are extremely efficient <laughs> really good offensive uh performances but i do think it comes down to like at a certain point, it comes down to like who has probably a better defense incrementally and who has uh, more dogs in the trenches. And I think that that's Oregon on both sides of the ball. So um, I just think Oregon's more balanced. They might not be quite as dynamic as Washington, but I think that the balance gives them um, a better opportunity in a game like this that should be relatively close. I'm uh, looking forward to it, though. I think it should be a fun game. We'd love to see... Um, a couple teams go up and down the field a few times. I think uh, it has potential to maybe break loose, which would be break contain, if you will, and that would be fun. Yeah, I wish this one was being played at night instead of noon 30 local, but yeah, yeah. you get what you get. Uh, second game is also going to be a 330 kick. We've got Texas A&M unranked Aggies at the 19th ranked volunteers of Tennessee. Tennessee is favored by three and a half at home. I believe they're coming off of a bye. If they're not, uh, we didn't hear anything from them. Haven't heard a lot from them recently, uh, period. Um, offense has not been what it was with Hendon Hooker at the steering wheel. Um, they have been, they've been running it a lot, half. though. They've been running it a lot more this year, pretty effectively, yeah. which has been interesting. Just side note. Yeah, maybe shows some adaptability, some some coach to your roster going on. Uh, Tennessee's favored by three and a half. I'll go ahead and take Tennessee. I like that they are coming off of a bye. They're going to be fresher than A&M, who, who just went through the Alabama sausage grinder, emotional loss at home. Um, Got to be a little worn out from that. So I will take rest uh, over the potential of rust, and I'll go Tennessee at home. Um, I'll take Texas A&M. They've been like pretty effective, and uh, their offense has been better than I think the Alabama performance would indicate, which is usually how it goes when teams play Alabama. Let's be honest. So, um, yeah, I think. Uh, Tennessee is going is is going through and this is the first game of an absolute run in their schedule too. I don't know if you saw like their next handful of games is going to be pretty tough for Tennessee. They play Alabama in the coming weeks uh, as well, so um, would be a good opportunity for them to get off to a good start here. But I don't know. I like Texas A&M. Really good defense. Uh, great defensive line. Tennessee likes to run the ball. Tennessee's like last in the SEC in explosive play percentage, which is weird. So, um, and I, I think that's what they would rather do. And I think they kind of are begrudgingly leaning on their running game uh, right now. Uh, I'm interested why 
I mean, maybe Milton hasn't played bad enough to be benched, but they have like a hot rod five five star plus kid sitting on the bench ready to go. I think, and I would you know be curious sick if he's ever going to play this year or if maybe he maybe this is the week. Maybe they used the bye week. <laughs> yeah, maybe they Kelly Bryanted him. You know, maybe who knows? Steven. Who's to say? Um, and I think hopefully Jimbo takes some lessons from the conservative play, this conservative nature that bit him in the butt last week. I know that's like totally unlikely to happen, but um, I can sit him like Tennessee. You probably should, uh, um, you know, be able to move it around, but Florida moved the ball really well on Tennessee and Texas A&M I think is a slightly more effective offensive approach than Florida. So I, uh, I like, I like Texas A&M here. Uh, I'm going to start my pick time by saying that I got distracted because UTEP's kicker just got a taunting penalty after making a field goal. Oh. Which was delightful. How long is the field goal? Uh, it was like, I think it was like 38 yards. Uh, and Hell yeah. <laughs> a guy, a, a defender dove in and like landed at his feet and like kind of tangled up his foot a little bit and he did like the little slow motion kicker fall. Um, it was never going to be like running into the kicker. It was just like got tangled up and then he got up and like, like got in his face or something like that, and immediately you well, just see the, he, you see the flag sail in from the top of the screen and was delightful. <laughs> nice. The, the sailing Shout in, out. the sailing in flag with the ref with hands over the head, disconcerting yep. signals. Just, just <laughs> wonderful. All five stars all around. Um. Anyways, I am going to take the vowels. Uh. I the short version is I don't. I like Tennessee coming off a bye, and I don't like. Texas A&M's run game enough to win this on the road. Um, so I'm going to think that Tennessee wins this by a touchdown or more. So All right. Delivered. Game three. We move to sundown. This is uh, – I always mess this pronunciation up. I believe it is the battle for the golden shillelagh. I think that's right, We've but I appreciate you mispronouncing the word pronunciation. That was the golden, yeah. the golden Donna Shalele. That's yes. what they did in Miami for a while. Yes, thank you, Logan. Get here. USC <laughs> is at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's favored by two and a half at home. Logan and Donna, please make your pick. Um. Wow, this is a weird one to me. To me, this is a weird one. Um, I don't... USC is so bad on defense, all right? Impeccably bad. Impeccably bad on defense. But Notre Dame is not, like... They I don't, don't think do they're going to punish them. They don't do the things, I think, that, like... I don't think that they could get up and go as much as USC. Like, I mean, USC once... <laughs> once Wants a track meet, and they just want the ball back. Notre Dame, I, I just like I find it curious that Notre Dame is favored in this game. Um, I mean, I guess maybe they're not because they're at home and only two and a half point favorites again. But uh, I, I, I'll, I like USC here. I just think that at worst this devolves into a scoring game, and I prefer USC to Notre Dame. I just don't trust Notre Dame to be able to score enough points um, if that happens. Uh, Hartman's fine, but they USC Notre Dame is is a little limited at receiver, and I kind of think that you can only like ram it to the giant tight end so many times with Sam Hartman um, before like that maybe is is I don't know they they like only really attack the middle of the field and Notre Dame does and I I think like if Alex Grinch has ever watched any film maybe he has picked up on on something and maybe we get a turnover or something like that at but yeah I I, I don't know. I, Better quarterback. It's hard not to go with them as the pick. Yeah, this is this is tough because I I'm pretty much in the same boat as you. Like, if Notre Dame is going to get the offense going against anybody, it's going to be USC. Um, they actually are like the stats have them very good against the pass. Or I mean, uh, very good with the pass. Um, but I I'm kind of in your boat in terms of like, I don't know if they have the dudes on the outside to take advantage of the big spaces. Um, gosh, that's a really hard line, but I'm, I'm going to also take USC. I think, uh, 
I'm going to make it as simple as USC will have the best player in the field, and he, he's going to go. do some he's going to do some weird stuff, and I'm going to I'm going to take them to win. It's kind of a vibes play too. I think like yeah. uh, Notre Dame could be a little bit shell shocked after last week, and you know coming home maybe like oh. you want to play well, but like I think Louisville exposed some like just things that Notre Dame. Like well, and they were, was kind of unable to absorb was well. absorb a punch and then like get up and go with the team that was scoring some points. That just they like, looked freaking tired last week, like exhausted. And somebody somebody said on Twitter that like Notre Dame looks exhausted by every team making them their Super Bowl every week. And it's like, man, you need to relax. But like, I think I think Notre Dame has had a tough yeah, stretch yeah, of schedules. Nice. But like, yep, um, for sure. Yeah, and I think that that takes it out of you, and it gets no easier having to. Deal with the the most talented player in the country, probably. So, um, yeah. Anyways, Jordan. Yeah, I'm also going to take USC for a lot of the same reasons. I took Louisville last week, uh, largely because of the stretch of schedule that Notre Dame had before that. We've picked four now Notre Dame games in a row. Uh, we've got them losing at home in heartbreak fashion to Ohio State in week four. We've got an emotional, tight, lemon booty win at Duke where they got roughed up there in the second half. Yes. And then they got dump trucked in seven different directions by a weirdly undefeated Louisville team. Um, (laughs) Yes, maybe the weirdest of the undefeated teams. So, yeah, I mean, I think like, I think they needed a bye week in a big way. And, and welcoming think, Caleb Williams to town ain't that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is not a bye week. This is maybe a like get right week for some of your offensive stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm going to take the, the more talented QB in this matchup. So um, I'll take the I'm looking at the game on paper uh, preview for this game and like to note how bad USC's defense has been like, are you guys on board with this like available yard percentage stat that they do? So it's like basically the difference. So if you uh, if you get the ball at the twenty five yard line, you have There's seventy 75 you have seventy five yards available. But they do it as like a percentage difference. So like it it factors in how much your defense allows and how much you gain. So if you want to be positive, that means you gain more yards than you than than you allow. But um, USC is only gaining 8.2% more yards per game than they're, than they're allowing. They're only plus 8.2%. Conversely, uh, that's good enough for 58th in the country. And uh, Notre Dame is at uh, plus 20, almost 21%, which is good for 15th in the country. So it illustrates that um, they, they certainly uh, have a better defense. And USC has been in some, some track meets this year, that's for sure. That's I think it's kind of interesting. The advanced stats, like... The glaring red for Notre Dame in three different areas is field position. So it sounds like they really struggle with field position, but yeah. they just like which means they have more yards available it. to gain. Yeah. yeah. So they and they have a good defense. So like I mean it's it, kinda like Shador Sanders taking sacks so that he can pad his <laughs> passing yards stats. Smart. Chestnut yeah. checkers. I was looking at the Oregon one and I think Oregon is the number one. Yeah, they're the number one available yard percentage team in the country. They're at plus forty-two point four percent. Gracious, they are rolling teams up like from a just churning. Colorado churn, game certainly helped. Definitely helped. Yes. All right, game number four on the docket. We've got an ACC battle. Uh, a once upon a time, ACC coastal battle. Once upon RIP a time. to the coastal. Um, we've got much beleaguered Miami Hurricanes, Mario Cristobal and them boys rolling into Chapel Hill to take on Mac Brown and the Tar Heels. Um, would love to know if Mac Brown got asked directly just straight up about the, the time management issue and what his answer was. I feel like he would have some things to say in the gentlest, kindest way. Yeah. Of twisting the knife. The most relaxed, like, hype tape of all time. Well, you just can't do that, you know? If they, be, if they beat the hell out of Miami, I hope that he, like, does the neck grab with Mario and, like, talks sure. to him for, like, 
he's like, well, I, you know, I wanted to talk to him about last week, you know. <laughs> you just hold your head up there, Mario. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you're going to do great things with those young men. Um, good luck to you guys the rest of the year. The program he's building is so impressive. <laughs> All that to say, North Carolina is favored by three and a half, and Jason gets to take us away. Oh, man. This is a very difficult game to pick. Uh, it's not. Trust your gut. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, what makes you think I have any sort of gut on this? Um, I'm actually going to take Miami. Um, Ooh. Yeah. I think they bounce road back. A road dog situation. Um, a road dog situation. I think they bounce back. I... Uh, I think they low-key have the better defense. Um, and I think that holds North Carolina at bay long enough for – I think they. I think Miami is like a really good team. I think they – you know, if they don't literally have a – I mean 100% on the coaching staff last week, then they're 5-0 they're and oh and they're probably ranked like what, 13th, 14th, like right behind UNC. Um, so – I think Miami's like actually good, good this year. And I think it's going to be a really good game. And I think Miami has the better defense and that travels a little better than if they had the better offense. Um, so I'm going to take the Canes. I'm not going to overthink this. North Carolina has been wow. an absolute wagon at wow. home this year. I'm going to take the Tar Heels. Um, <laughs> I'm also kind of banking on like college aged people in general. Man. They like they hold grudges and they like they don't get over stuff quickly. Um, so I like I can't imagine Mario has just like been able to flip the switch and flush it with all of those guys effectively. Um, I think there's going to be some like some fog of distrust in that Ooh, locker room. That's good a good band, band name. a good band yeah. name for sure. Um, What's up, Denny's? We're fog of distrust. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to take North Carolina. It's going to be a fun game to watch, but like, I think there's going to be some mega hangover from the way Georgia Tech ended. And I watched Hain freaking Haynes King and Georgia Tech move the ball <laughs> just on some drives. Yes. Not even on, like end of game aside, they're in the third and fourth quarter when they got back into it and took the lead. Um, they were moving the ball with relative ease. Side so. note: Haynes King gave one of the most amazing quarterback cliche rich post game interviews after that game. It was it was tremendous. I mean, you, if you get a chance, just to go back and just drink it in. Sweet Haynes like is out there. Um, just he was very complimentary of the coaching staff and you know the players making plays and you know just taking things one game at a time and the opportunity that he's been given and it's just it was good stuff really good stuff they got him they, they've got him coached up so that i'm happy i'm happy for haynes but yeah i'm gonna go with north carolina here too um i'll use jason's uh i'll use jason's simple thing that he did earlier with the better quarterback situation i'll take uh drake may at home um, Tez Walker's playing again for North Carolina and made a sick catch last week. And it seems like he probably adds uh, a little bit more to their offense. Um, I think you're right, Jason. I think Miami probably has the quote unquote better defense. I don't know sometimes if that's a function of testing and, you know, obviously there's a lot of moving parts here. Um, they feasted up, they did get to play a Jimbo Fisher offense, you know, already. So that usually helps things out, uh, metrics wise for your defense. But yeah, I like the home team here. Um, and I think that Miami, I think I, I would, I, I would guess, given how Miami kind of seemed a little mentally fragile last year, that some of that is not fully out of their system just because they started this year five and oh. So, uh, give me or four and oh. Give me the Tar Heels. All right. Our final game of the card. We go to the Pac-12, the Conference of Champions, for an 8 o'clock kick. So you'll in, be in bed by a decent hour. UCLA is at Oregon State. The Beavers are favored at home 
by three and a half points. I am going to take Oregon State. I, I was a little surprised by this line. I thought UCLA would maybe get a little bit more love. Um, so I'm going to lean into home field advantage. Uh, night game getting weird up in Beaverton or wherever it is in Oregon. It's definitely Beaverton now. I don't know what it was, but. Yeah. Um, up in Beaverton. <laughs> I think it is. I'll Beaverton. take Oregon State. <clears throat> it's Corvallis, just so we're clear. Oh, okay. Yeah. I knew it was one of those. Beaverton is like maybe in like uh, Pennsylvania somewhere, probably. Decent chance. No, there is a Beaverton, Oregon. Over in Hobbiton. I am going to take UCLA. Um, get some get some points to play with here. Best defense uh, statistically in the country. I think defense travels. To borrow a, a take that has already been uttered on this this podcast um, again from our sweet boy Jason. Um, and yeah, I mean Oregon State's good. Th- this should be a good game. Should be a good matchup. Excited to see what Chip Kelly has going. Uh, Dante Moore continues to hopefully improve. Um, and uh, I think that this would be a really good opportunity for UCLA to kind of get a, a statement win, maybe not a signature win. I don't think this is, I don't think beating Oregon State uh, is a signature win just yet, but. Uh, this is um, not the Billy Napier head coach family of the year signature win. Right, right. Yeah, over over struggling SEC program that is getting rid of a bunch of talent. Uh, yeah, so give me UCLA. I like that defense a lot. Yep, I will also take the Bruins uh, for the exact same reason. I think defense travels. Uh, I see an over-under of 54 and feel like I want to hammer the under on that. Yeah. Um, if not you for the You are now free to do so, Jason. I am. I might just. I might just. Um, one, that being said, five unit sprinkle on the under. Yeah, to say. But uh, <laughs> the worst. If, if nothing else, it might get it might get weird up in the Pacific Northwest on Saturday night. Um, but I guess what this is eight PM Eastern, so it's not it's not that late. So, no. anyways, when you're heavy on the under, there's nothing worse than just like rooting for punts and just be like, oh, oh yeah, yeah here we go, boys, good three and out. That's what I like to see. Like, I hate, yeah, exactly. No, you don't want you don't want a three and out. I want they want they get the ball at their own fifteen. They drive to the fifty two or uh, the other forty eight, and then they punt it, and then we do the same thing again. Uh, yeah, betting well, on totals is generally like just pure hell yeah. in either direction. Because yeah. if you bet in the under, anything that happens quickly stresses you out. Yeah. But if you it's bet good. on the over, and then you watch any like sustained drive, like feels like, like it puts you behind pace. So, or it's like so sustained drive, or like dropped passes, yes. or you know penalties. <laughs> They're really gacking a drive up. Just, You're like. Well, yeah, these guys are college Just athletes. Ramp, yeah, ramps your irritation like, up to 11. Of and, course, yeah. they're not going to be a crisp operation mm. all yeah. the time. I should have bet the other side. Anyways, gambling's not fun at all. I don't recommend it to anybody. So. No, kids, don't do it. Yeah. I would like to have the opportunity to decline gambling. I want to make these mistakes myself. I want to make that choice on my own. So <laughs> I look forward to one day. Okay. Honestly, the, um, way my, the way my gambling is going this season, I should have just literally bet every one of these games and I'd have been doing better than I am right now. So It's fine. You want to take us behind the curtain there? How's it going? <laughs> uh, it's going fine. I, I am like, I am positive money, but it has been angsty these last couple of weeks. It's a grind. I yes. know this is probably a unique gambling story. But I'm like four plays away from like twelve more parlay wins, and it's driving me nuts. Oh, don't! Pretty yeah, sure Jordan. this is the only person I've, that's ever happened to. So Jordan blesses us every week with his parlay buster <laughs> of the week. It's yeah. tough. Yeah. You hate to see yeah. it. Uh, this week it was uh, shoot. I just it was, oh, it was uh, App State. Literally last night was just like driving free and clear on like a sixty-five yard pass, and then fumbled it, and. That was, was a sick Carol- fumble recovery. Coastal Carolina guy dove on it. I'm still not 100% convinced he was in, but I'm also not looking at this rationally. So, anyways, Coastal gets it. They drive down the field. They slide down at the one so they can kick a field goal. I don't know. Can't do it. Mm. Yeah, it just, it just seems kind of fixed to me. If you ask me, it's kind of, it's all kind of fixed. I think it's all kind of fair. It has to be at this point. It has to be. <laughs> if you ask me. Shout out. 
<laughs> All right. You guys, you guys got anything else? Any, any big weekend plans? Going to tuck in, watch some football, cozy boy season? Yeah, probably. Gonna, yeah, I think we're getting some more rain on Saturday. So it should be a double XL cozy yep. uh, type of football watching. Maybe, mm. maybe get some takeout meal or two. Ooh. Really, really plug into the couch. Um, <laughs> I think we're scheduled to play golf on Sunday afternoon when the sun comes out. Love it. Um, so yeah, all, a lot of activities. Yeah, it's gonna be gonna be a great friendly city weekend. I'll be uh, jetting up to the first coast uh, for uh, some some wedding activities. Hmm. Ah, is this the sunrise wedding? It is. Sunrise well, wedding. Felicitaciones to the to the young couple. Yes, absolutely. Is this on the beach? Be, uh, I, I believe so. Nice. Are Better you be. ready to reveal uh, your your outfit for oh. this wedding? <laughs> I will reveal myself. Or are you still to y'all. putting it together? I'm still putting it together. I mean, I, I think ultimately we've probably landed on something sensible and and realistic. But you know, there was a there was a brief moment it was where fun to dream. yeah, it was fun <laughs> to dream about like maybe like wearing some sort of like yoga influencer inspired fit uh, that would have been truly like some sort of a cream colored uh, like dual matching set situation with some all like like bone colored linen yes aggressive sort of like chest tie like a string thing going on um the daishiki was in play briefly as well i I thought about that but wasn't sure if that was gonna go over great uh too much if i had to go say to um you know eat afterwards i i I had to go it. anywhere other than the beach. I didn't want to spill. I didn't want to spill queso on my white dashiki. Is really, really the situation there. Yeah. So I had a freaking nickel, man. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, uh, t- tuck into some of these foosball games. Otherwise, I'll just torment the family by listening to uh, listening to radio broadcasts all afternoon. So get excited to the family. Maybe she's out there. Maybe she can hear me. All right. Well. I hope you guys hit them straight on Sunday. I do too. You pour and me both, up, buddy. Pour one up for the for your for your fallen homie log one. All right. Thank you for making it to the end of this podcast. You've done it. You've done it again. You did it again. Shout out to you. Oh, we did. I did get some feedback from. Um, we made some allegations that uh, Colin Smith was likely a watch guy <laughs> on the on the last podcast, and uh, um, he's not. He says he thinks. Welcome um, to the Brotherhood. He, he says he thinks, and I quote, "I think they're too big and dumb looking now." Is what he said. Oh, so I mean, I don't. Man uh, after my own heart. So, so simple, so correct. Yeah. We appreciate it. Yeah, he has had uh, various watches. Uh, they were older, maybe. We're talking like, not you know, not cracking four figures worth of total watches. So, right. um, yeah. <laughs> but he did say that his dad was a big Movado guy back in the day. So okay. So shout out, Mr. Smith. We appreciate the feedback, as always. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, if any of you guys crack into the watch game, you have to uh, we, make it known. We have some follow-ups, is what we're saying. <laughs> yes, there's anyone else out there. <laughs> Connor probably has takes. Let's face it. Yeah. yeah. We can get him to do a guest spot on, <laughs> we go. on his watch collection. <laughs> One to buy a sundial. All right. Thank you for joining us on the Wheel Route podcast. We are at the Wheel Route. We're no wait, no, we're not. You know, we're we are at the Wheel Route somewhere. somewhere. I think that's Instagram. That that's probably Twitter. We are at Wheel Route Podcast on Instagram. You can send us emails, wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. You can go to thewheelroute.com. That's the website. You can uh, see pictures of us on the website. You can see the pick tracker there, and you can also listen to the show while you're at work or while you're driving around. Thank you for listening. Until we meet again, we love you guys. Go Gators. Go on the bye week. Who's? Go Dukes. Dukes.